Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. I'm so glad to have you again here on another episode. Today, I am excited to begin to talk with Pastor Brian. Today, he is going to talk to us about Christians in the marketplace. This is something that I, a subject that I believe that is very important for the listeners that are listening today. And I know that it will be helpful for you today and that you're going to take back some valuable information information that will help you as you go along in your journey with God. And so we want to begin to just introduce Pastor Brian for you today. Uh, Pastor James Bryant is an author. He is a business and technology consultant and a pastor. He has over 25 years of experience in consulting with clients of various sizes and industries. And additionally, he has served in the Christian ministry for over 30 years in various roles. The common denominator in everything is that the pastor is to show compassion of Jesus to everyone he meets. At every business and ministry event, Pastor James works towards providing insight, clarity, and support to all those who interact with him. And so we are so glad to have you with us today, Pastor Brian. How are you today? And thank you for joining the podcast. Hey, I'm excited. I'm excited. Hallelujah. But no, let me let me just say this. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Anytime that I can just share and talk with folks, I'm glad to do it. Um, just speaking with you, I'm excited because I can tell this is going to be great. Um, so I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Well, great. We are so glad to have you on today. And I know I read a little bit about your bio, but just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Something I may not have mentioned already. Sure, sure, not a problem at all. So um, let's see, a number of things. So husband, father, um, business consultant, like you told me, come from a very small town on the wrong side of the tracks, but we're able to grow into experiences that um, impact people globally. Um, you know, God said some great things in the marketplace, in ministry. Um, senior pastor of a ministry um, in a place called Pasadena, Maryland, not California. Um, <laughs> and uh, now we're about to embark on expanding that in a, in a different way. Um, additionally, I'm an author. Uh, my second book is coming out within a week or two. Um, so, you know, that's part of it. And, and I'm just the person that's, even with all that going on, I'm pretty much a, a simple person. I just love interacting with folks and, and just, you know, enjoying life. 
Yes, 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 yes. And I'm, I, I know we're going to hear a little bit more about your book before the end of the uh, podcast episode. I'll make sure to get that out to the listeners. So if they're interested in purchasing the book as well, uh, they can purchase it. But, you know, right. today we're, we're going to talk about and really discuss Christians in the marketplace because, you know, with the economy getting tougher, you know, Christian needing tools in order, how to, in order to know how to survive in this economy. You know, we have God's favor, but we need to have the tools in order to survive as well. So first of all, for those that may be listening and don't understand uh, Christians in the marketplace, will you define that for us? Sure. I'm going to define it in in my way. I think one of the things that I love to do is is take a concept and just make it plain or or easy to, to, um, to digest. And so when I think about marketplace Christians, um, basically it's any marketplace or a business environment, any place that you go, that's the Christian marketplace. It's not just a place where there are a bunch of other Christians from your church. In most cases, where you're going, there aren't many other Christians there. But you're in the marketplace and you're a Christian and you're bringing that viewpoint to that environment. So from a Christian perspective, what that means um, at the most, um, I would say, defined level would be this, is that you're going, showing God's glory, not preaching like, hey, I'm, I'm Baptist, I'm um, Methodist, I'm whatever, but you're living the life and you are using the wisdom that the Lord has given you and actually transacting business. You're not in a, a church suit or whatever you may wear, but you're there and you are representing the church as you do business. And all throughout the Bible in the Old Testament, the New Testament, you see transactions that are being done in the marketplaces where others are. And that's really how I look at Christian marketplace. Uh, you know, could you give us one example in the Bible? Do you have one off off head that you could think of um, as an example of the Christian in the marketplace? Sure, I can I can give you, and there are two different extremes, right? Um, mm-hmm. So in the in the New Testament, I think it's somewhere around um, Acts chapter 17 or so, you, you read about Paul when he's ministering, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't just go to somebody's home or some church at the corner or just the synagogue. The Bible explicitly says that he then went in the marketplace daily to minister. But wow. Paul also <laughs> had to work in the marketplace because he was a tent maker, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what he's doing, he's living the life in the midst of everybody else so that some would see that it's not just someone preaching from preaching at you it's someone living the life and they can see it and and experience that that christian way of life in the place where they are in the old testament when you begin to look at um solomon all the things that he was doing yes he went through and he and he built the temple and and the lord's glory came and filled it but read everything else that happens and he's interacting with wisdom that God has given him in the marketplace to build the things that he needs to do. And others began to respect and possibly, I can't prove, but some of them possibly were able to believe in that God, if not in his in His God, um, if nothing else to respect. And so it has an impact in the marketplace. Wow, those are two great examples. And you know, one thing I wanted to ask is, you know, does a marketplace Christian always have their own business? <laughs> I'm, uh, excuse me, I'm laughing because sometimes people think that, but I would say not always. 
And if you don't always have your own business, that doesn't mean that you failed. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong. I would say to the extent that you know that um, the Lord has called you to it, I think that is a marvelous thing to do. I think that is a, a, a great place to go. You may say, why? Well, one, you have control of what's going on. You have control of your narrative about what's being said. You have impact on people. And so you're going through and there's something about owning your own that kind of, uh, I'm going to say, liberates you. And, and so I've been privileged to work in very large corporations and I've run small businesses too. And so there is something about just having your own business where you can impact and, and grow it and, and from that perspective and work hard um, from that perspective. And people can see and aspire saying, oh, I go to church and I can do business. Hmm. On the other hand, not everybody's called to start their own business, but yet wherever they work, they're in the marketplace. And I would tell you, more people will watch your life preaching to them than will ever watch me on the internet or or ever watch me on television or ever watch whoever your favorite minister is on television. Most people are ministered to by the way they interact with you and how you live your life. So specifically, and you, you know, you can kind of close me in because I can talk for a while. <laughs> um, but specifically, um, what, what we need to look at, first of all, and this is the foundation of everything. And I, and I don't mean this in a religious way. I mean, in an experiential way, what is the Lord calling you to do? Really ask that question. I know a lot of people say, well, I believe and they just go do it, but they haven't really asked him. And so what is he calling you to do? And then how do you put that to work in the marketplace? Not everybody's called to be a preacher and that's fine. But people are called to impact the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so you do that where people are. Where is everybody? In the marketplace. And so you can own your business, but if you own your business, do it with excellence. Everything that you do, people are assessing it. Does it speak to them? Don't just throw something together. Go through the work, prepare for it, and, and know what's involved in it. And then make sure that you're giving it your all and that you're letting the Lord lead. If you're not owning your own business and you're working for a corporation, they hire you to work, not, not overtly preach. So what does that mean? Do I stop being a Christian? Not at all. What that means is the way that you handle challenges, the way that you deliver whatever it is that you're responsible for, the way that you interact speaks volumes. And so you are now growing your career and you're getting successes, but at the same time, you're preaching, if you will, to people who are around. And so if I can, if if I got a minute, like I said, I can go for a while. Um, let me give you an example, if I might. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one particular engagement that I had, usually when I work somewhere, I don't tell them I'm a Christian, but they find <laughs> out not because I tell them, mm -hmm. but because of the way I do business. And I remember one day there was this um, secure place where I had to work and the building itself was up on a hill, but the parking was down the bottom of the hill. That's a, so every day you had to walk a half mile. Um, and so there was this one gentleman who walked with a cane and he had trouble going up and down the hill. So I started finding a way. I ended up getting parking right by the building. So I would take him up and down the hill. He's not a Christian <laughs> at all. 
<laughs> and so, and so we would go and, and he would do certain things I wouldn't. He would talk about certain things I wouldn't. I would tell him other things that he would marvel at. And then one day he says to me, as I'm riding down the hill, remember, it's only a half an hour ride, I mean, a half a mile down. And so it takes less than five minutes. But he says to me, uh, wait a minute. Somebody said something though, they thought you might be a Christian. And I've been working with him for well over two years. And I said, oh yeah, I, you know, I passed and everything. And his response was, no wonder I felt like the seat was on fire where every time I said stuff in the way that my life was going, now I understand. And so then what that did, it gave him a different perspective. And of course it opened up a lot of questions. And so then there was a way to open and minister directly. But it mm. took all that time of being around and him witnessing tough times, good times, everything else going on before it was revealed that he was able to understand what was happening in his life. And it had an impact on how he lived life from that point going forward. Mm -hmm. By you the know, way, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was, I was, no, I was getting ready to say, Pastor James, I can um, relate to that, but I'm gonna let you finish your point and then I'll, I'll add to it. Are you sure you want me to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> um, so within that, so, and so I've seen that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I believe mm -hmm. that we, you know, if if we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Lord, we're part, we're part, we're the church, the living church, then everywhere we go, then eventually people should understand that. Now, not mm -hmm. everybody's going to respect it, but there are some that you will impact their lives just by being who you are in Christ. You don't even have to say, oh, I got my t-shirt on the front says I'm a Christian on the back. I got crosses and I got a hat that says um, Jesus is real or something like that. You don't have to be a billboard mm -hmm. in that sense. Mm -hmm. But the way you live your life and the way that you do your work and excellence speaks volumes. I'll be quiet now. No, no, I just was thinking about when, when you were talking, I had two incidents. I, I remember when I had uh, graduated from college mm -hmm. and I remember um, on my job, uh, I, I worked teen pregnancy prevention. And so I worked okay. with a lot of teenagers and a lot of youth. Uh, right. And I didn't, you know, let them know I was in ministry, didn't, mm -hmm. you know, really um, let them know anything. You didn't want to put them on guard because a lot of young people, they they get a view of you if you just, you know, blurt it out or go that right. particular way. But mm -hmm. the way that I carried myself and, you know, just kind of listened to it, but also carried myself, didn't do certain things, didn't listen to certain things. Right. And then finally, some way it came out and they found out from somewhere that I was. <laughs> and, um, but they, they remember that even till now, um, because I never forced it in their face. I was there to right. listen to them. Uh, mm -hmm. and even to this day, years down the line of, you know, some of them have problems or troubles. They'll come to me because right. I wasn't forcing Jesus in their face, right. wasn't forcing the gospel, right. uh, you know, in their face. And it's, um, ironic that you said that pastor Brian, because my members laugh all the time because I'm a pastor as well. Okay. And I'll go different places places and um, they'll ask you, what ministry do you go to? And I'll tell them the name, you know, but I don't actually tell them I'm the pastor. So, you know, cause right. sometimes it'll intimidate people, right. but at the same time, I'll just get to know them and get to talk to them. And eventually they say something about you. I remember going to the hospital, had to go in and uh, finally they say, what do you do? They kept asking. So finally I told them and they were like, you know, I knew there was something yeah. different yep. about right. you, you know, so you don't right. have to force it. So what you're saying is, so true you know being in the marketplace we can just live the life of christ and people will see that on us 
Yeah, and I agree a thousand percent. And just think about it this way too, right? You know, Jesus, one of the things that everybody uh, identifies with, he, he told us to go to the ends of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. And so he didn't say go to every church and every continent. He didn't say that. Mm -hmm. And and so if and if you look at Jesus's ministry, it's, it wasn't one that only went to the synagogues. Right. What did he do during the week? He was in everybody's house, no matter what their background was, to show them the way. And so and he didn't always just go and say, thus saith the Lord either. He interacted with them. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I loved and I had the privilege of working and I do say privilege, uh, working for a um, very large corporation. And and they had people literally from every part of the world and every ethnicity and religion and everything else. I'm a, I'm a Christian inside out all the way around. Mm -hmm. But I loved interacting because there were still people. Jesus loved the world. Mm -hmm. Now, he wasn't going to let everything go crazy and people just do what they want. But he, <laughs> he was there showing love, right? And mm -hmm. so I liked that interaction with them so much so that I would have people in, in different meetings and other things and I would treat them as regular people. I cared about their their well-being. All that to say, in the end, many people who eventually found out and they weren't Christian, there was something else or nothing. And, and But after a while, they began to look at Christians differently. One gentleman said to me, um, he's a Jewish gentleman, but he has said to me, all you Christians, y'all just talk and all this, but because he found out that I was Christian. But after a while, after we interact, he realized, oh, that's not what I thought. Because mm -hmm. all he went on was what he saw on TV or what he saw on the news. And that's what people make judgments on. But when you're there doing good business, doing it well with excellence and living the life of a Christ follower, that's what has an impact. That's so true. And just building true relationships and loving man and loving humanity. Um, that's what Christ did. And so when right. you do that, they begin to, like you say, recognize and notice us differently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's too many, there are too many negative images on media right now. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's, it's good on one hand to try to uh, force change. But if you're in the marketplace, let's say that Maybe you're in the the um, maybe you're in media yourself. Well, the way that you portray people might be different. You have a Christian viewpoint, and so what if you're in filmmaking and you work your way up and you're able to produce a film, you get the funding for it, but now you're able to uh, formulate how a really good quality film. Remember, not just what I'm going to say is things that are what we call trash, but things that are really good quality, forgive me for saying, I'll be honest there, um, but things that are really good quality and you're portraying people in the correct way because you're doing it from a Christian perspective. What people do now, some of the portrayals they have um, are, are not helpful for other people. And there are so many people in the world that make their assumptions about others based on what they see in a TV show or a movie. That is so true. That is so true. You know, and um, I'm just going on another vein and we think about just being in the marketplace. Uh, and I believe that, and I, I do have this thing in my heart that, like you said, all won't, won't have their own business, but there are a lot of us that have decided and say, you know, I want to enter the, into the entrepreneurial realm. I want to begin to, yes. you know, have my own and be able to do those things. So for those that may be listening and thinking about entering into that realm, how can they Christians enter into the entrepreneurial realm and, you know, how hard 
what is it? So first of all, um, I'll answer all of those, maybe not in the same order. <laughs> um, right. So anything you do and you do well is work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between toil and work, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. sometimes when you do stuff on your own and you really haven't talked to the Lord about it, not only, again, I, I stress, I'm not talking about, Lord, what you think? Okay, I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> about really taking some time to, to look and assess and say, Lord, give me some guidance here. Um, if you don't do that, then you're in essence toiling. It may look like it's prospering for a minute, but then afterwards there's gonna be some issues. But if you're doing it when you know he's he's in it, then even though you're working hard, you're enjoying it and you're being fulfilled. Now, entrepreneurial work is, is very challenging. You gotta know that that's what you're called to do because the first thing you're faced with is everybody telling you the likelihood of success is minimal and they give you all the negative. But what ends up happening, you ask the Lord for wisdom. God's foolishness is higher than the wisdom of men. And so what that means is when you look for him and his guidance, he'll tell you the strategies that you need to do as long as you're working in the things that he's called you to do. Don't necessarily pay attention into what the person next door did. What is it that you have that you can bring to the table? Find out what might be unique about what you're doing. Find out also about, okay, well, what's needed in the area that you're looking into. So again, in the beginning, that prep work is work. It takes time. And so you have to go through and prepare. And then when you're at a point of, okay, I've done all the preparation, then just once again, just make sure you have the right timing. Once you have the Mm -hmm. right timing, because you can do the right thing, but the timing's just off. Um, but if once you've done that, that's all in the, in the preparation aspect, then you go into it in full confidence and you work that plan knowing that you're going to have to make adjustments all along the way. And so I'm going to say this from a, a, a pure tactical standpoint of making it plain and easy. So let's say you have a business idea and, and you, it just won't leave you. You know, you have to do it you feel like this is the right thing. I would strongly advise you not to say, okay, tomorrow I'm just gonna start this business. You have to know, well, let's do some research into this. Let's find out, Laura, there's some praying in this. Um, This is what I'm seeing, is this right? Um, Should this work in this area? Is the timing right? Um, And you begin to do that research beforehand. And then once you've got everything done, you've done all that you know to do, you stand on that one and then you begin to release it. It is a challenge, it's an uphill challenge, but for those who are diligent, you can do it. And as you're praying through this, you'll find out that when you're walking in the right way, you'll get favor in areas that you didn't know you needed. And so that's how it works. But I've seen too many people that says, I'm, say, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And that's all they do is say it and they never do anything with it. Or they just jump right into it, but never did any research on it. And again, I'm gonna strongly say that's that's poor unless you know the Lord woke you up and shook you during the night and said, tomorrow start doing this. Then you need to make sure you've done the proper legwork. I'm gonna give you a quick example. This is gonna take work for anybody who likes to do homework. 
read through the Old Testament, especially in, in uh, First and Second Kings, but begin to look at some of the Old Testament. What did the kings do when they weren't at war? They were preparing for the next one, even during peacetime. They were building in different areas. I'm not saying that you have to prepare for war, but what they were doing is preparing. They were doing all the preparations and thinking about what they would need. The same thing is true in the marketplace. What has to happen next? What planning do I need to do? Who do I need to begin to talk with? Or what skills don't I have and how do I go get them? Everything doesn't mean you gotta go to four years of schooling. You have so many resources at your fingertips and you have to be at a point that you're willing to use them and go after that information that will help you have the insights that you need. Let me be quiet for a minute. Go ahead. No, no, that's that's great. You know, because I was sitting here thinking as you were talking, uh, I remember not not too long ago, uh, several years ago, you know, I know that God has called me you know, into the entrepreneurial realm. And I've had, you know, several businesses that I've worked on, some that have been successful, some that have flopped. And I noticed the ones that really didn't work was because, and, and probably some of my listeners, and I'm sure you've seen it, when you go on, um, you know, YouTube or you go on a particular site, they always have commercials about how to start your own business or try this right. business or try this business or try that business. Right. And so I found myself like, oh, this business sounds interesting. So I'm going to I'm gonna look into that and I'll pay a little money into that. And then I'll be like, well, I could do money into this, you know, that I could do. So it, it began to be a cycle of, you know, because you know you were called to that rim instead of doing what you said, Pastor Brian, is really sitting down and praying and figuring out exactly what realm you're supposed to enter into uh, versus just going on a win. Uh, it would save a whole lot of time. And so I was going in and trying this and then, and most, the majority of the things that I was doing because uh, I did not have the passion for it, or I was just trying to do it because I know that, and that was an avenue that God was taking me, to, it, me into, um, I began to not prosper in those particular businesses. And mm -hmm. because I found that I paid money, invested money in one business, but because there was a lot of work I had to do and a lot of study that I had to go into, I realized that that may have not have been the realm that I was able to go to. Now, when I started my life coaching business, it flowed easy. People were calling me. I didn't. I had not even started it yet, and people were asking me, "Is this what I do?" I said, "Well, I need to start focusing, you know, on this." But a lot of people say, "Well, you're not going to make a lot of money in it." But the Lord has favored me in that particular realm. And so I began to turn and say, I'm going to start investing my monies in this in, um, in order for God to give me the return on it. And I've seen his hand upon it. So when you say that we have to do our research, you know, we could save ourselves a whole lot of time. Well, we can. And oftentimes people make their decision based off emotions or peer pressure. Um, because someone says, you know, brother, sister, so-and-so, or Mr. This, or, or, or Miss This, you should go do this. And you may say, okay, they're a respectable person. Let me go ahead and do this. But you know, deep down inside, if you ask yourself, you don't have the desire that deep to really mm -hmm. run this through. Mm -hmm. And you end up wasting money and time. A lot of these people, especially on YouTube and others, will tell you about things and, and want you to invest and get you started. But you, you can't necessarily do all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so the best way that you go through when you see those, 
you just begin to look at it and say, okay, that's what I call a data point. So Lord, what do I do with that? Before I make any move, I'm going to be still and listen to your voice. It's not in the whirlwind. It's not in the earthquake or anything else, but you're still small voice. Let me hear what you're telling me about this or that. And if you're patient enough to ask him, he'll help you in the business area um, with that. Um, you also, and, and there's never any shame by not succeeding at one time. What that does, it teaches you something. It says, okay, well, I didn't succeed here. Why? And then you ask yourself and really look over it and be honest. And that's sometimes painful at first, but you ask yourself, why, why didn't it work? And then he begins to reveal about, well, was he or wasn't he in that? Um, were you impatient with that? Did he say that, yes, as a whole, I want you in this industry, but I didn't tell you to go left. I told you to go right. And so it's that kind of listening that oftentimes us as Christians are impatient to do. Um, and so that's why we have to make sure that we are listening to what he's saying, no matter how successful you are or early in your success, you really have to always listen to what he's saying or else you end up losing it. Yes, that is that is so important. And I've, I've known from experience that uh, that's what has happened. And I remember having a mentor, a business mentor, and they ended up telling me, you know, you're going to have to narrow it down. You're going to have to see where is it that you're going to be the most productive. And if you're not prospering in that area and, and you don't, like you said earlier, and if you don't have the passion for it, you just need to shut it down. You need right. to get rid of it because you got to pay for your websites. You have to pay, yeah. you know, you know, investments, all of these things. And so it was like certain monies was just going, but there was no um, fruit upon what I was doing. And I had to make that decision to say, uh, you know, let it go. And you have right. to know when the Holy Spirit says, you know, it's not working, let it go. Um, but I love that you said that don't look at it as a failure, but look at it. What can I do different? How can I do different? Because that'll help you in the long run. Yeah, it will. And I'm going to give you an analogy that works for your life, ministry, business, or what have you. Um, a number of years ago, I went to this um, conference and, and part of this week-long conference, they had a moment where we were in Colorado and and we were there and then they had this, they rented this area out. I don't remember what park it was, but it was beautiful. You see all the mountains and and part of it, there was a number of us that decided that, um, you know, we're gonna walk up this mountain over here. It it looks like we can do it, what you think? And, and so everybody's going, yeah, we starting off with a lot of energy because, you know, we're still at the early stages. And then we start walking and the chatter started winding down and we kept walking. Then after a period of time, there was no one talking. And then we're struggling to get to the top of, of this part. And I'm sure it wasn't as high as we thought it was, but the air was thinner. And, and so we got there, all of us collapsed on the ground. And someone says, do you guys feel as bad as I do? And it was at that point, we realized that it's because the air was thinner. And what we learned though, is that walking and going up and maybe not being as successful that first time up the mountain, the second time wasn't as bad. We learned from some of the things that we didn't do well because we just took it for granted at first. But we learned about how to breathe, how to pace, how to do other things in subsequent times. In business, it's the same way. The first time, a lot of times people don't really know what they're doing. They're just running full speed of their mm -hmm. own energy. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they trip, they fall, they run out, the air's too thin. But yet 
you've learned, you you got some calluses, you got, you know, a little bit of breathing done, you understood where, where the trouble spots were. The next time through, you attack it differently because you learned from that failure. And anytime you do that, you're going higher and higher. If you ignore it like it never happened, then you're prone to repeat the same thing over again. And so that's what we have to think about. So it isn't that we succeed every single time, because if you've never failed at all, man, that first failure that you get to can be kind of tough. But if you realize, yep, I didn't do this right, man, that was rough, but here's why I didn't do it right. Now let's go again and we do it this way instead. Then you're able to get to that success level that you're really aimed to get to. And the key is to, you know, keep trying until you you, you succeed, basically, you know, because the Lord will lead you, like you said, if we listen um, and and just hear his voice and don't give up. That's the biggest key. I think a lot of people, um, when you fail that first time, the key is to understand that just because you fail doesn't mean that God hadn't called you. You just have to pick yourself back up and pray and seek him, acknowledge him in all of your ways and he'll direct your path. And we when we begin to do that, he'll lead us in that direction. Right. And that's exactly true. And one of the things too, is that there are a lot of what I term voices that are out there. Everybody has their opinion about everything, but that's all the more reason that we have to make sure that we understand, you know, I'm uniquely and wonderfully made. So what does that mean that I have for my purpose right now in my destiny? What, what is it that I need to do from a marketplace perspective? What impact can I have? both from my financial security for me and my family, but even more so what's more important, how I'm impacting those that are around. And so when you are flowing in the way that the Lord wants you to flow in the marketplace, you will have the things that you need, all the needs that he'll supply all your needs according to riches and glory, you know that. But Mm -hmm. more so you'll have a point where you're able to now impact people at a much larger level. When you are in an area that you're not supposed to be in or your timing's off, your impact is minimal no matter how much effort you put in. But when you're flowing in the right place, your impact is much larger. Your territory is much larger. And that's what we have to remember. Yes, yes, yes. Pastor Brian, this is such great information. I know the listeners are taking it in because I'm taking it in as well. And what I want to do is come back on the next episode and talk a little bit more about this because it's really helping a lot a lot of listeners, I believe, as well as myself. And I want to be able to discuss that a little more and give the p- listeners a little time to be able to listen to uh, the next half. So we'll, we'll break this up today and come back for our next episode and continue on Christian Marketplace, if that's okay. Oh, I would love to do that. That's great. <laughs> oh, all right. All right, listeners. So we are glad that you tuned in today and we're glad to have you on today. And we look forward, come back again on the next episode as we have Pastor Brian talking back with us again about Christians in the marketplace and how to start off with your entrepreneurial business and just talking about um, his challenges that he's even experienced and how he overcame it. And so come back and listen again on the next episode. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at 
www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.